0: hi everyone I am gladly back and I do not have a cold so my voice is back to normal if you prefer the deep voice I apologize you will probably have to wait about another year for me to get a bad cold Uh, but as as, uh, God would have it I'm not sick right now and I'm okay with that so talking to strangers how do you talk to people about Jesus and I'm asking a real question so think about the last time you spoke to somebody about Jesus if you can remember So another way of asking that question might be, do you talk to people about Jesus? If the answer is no, or you're not sure how to, uh, I would ask another question. Does the thought scare you? And is that because you have an image of talking about Jesus as kind of walking up to a stranger and immediately jumping into a conversation, trying to convince them to become Catholic? If that's the case for you, I understand why that would make you nervous. That would make most people nervous. And I want to say that's not how it has to be. And in many cases, that's not how it should be. So I want to share a story. I had a good friend in college who was super passionate. And he was the kind of person who, like, the, he fell in love with the Lord and took it very seriously. He even lived uh, homeless for a while, trying to take poverty seriously. He found a priest who was willing to let him sleep behind some uh, kind of like a small shed on the church property, but that was just how seriously he took it and how he wanted to live the gospel. So he also took seriously talking to people about Jesus. And I remember we pulled up to a gas station one time and I can I can see this clear as day, such a strong memory. A guy pulled up near us in this nice truck. He was there with his girlfriend or with his wife and it looked like he was getting ready to go to the beach. And my friend decided, you know what, I need to go talk to him and just walked over and struck up a conversation. And uh, it probably lasted five minutes or so. And it ended with the guy telling my friend, get out of here. Which is not how you would want that conversation to end. Now, it doesn't mean my friend was doing this the wrong way. It only means that it didn't end the way we would have wanted it to. So it could have been that this person he was speaking to, the person my friend was speaking to, Uh, was hard-hearted or he was hurt in some way and wasn't interested in Jesus or wasn't interested in the church or it could be that my friend just didn't take the right approach now my guess is most of us don't go about doing that because we kind of intuitively understand that when you walk up to a stranger and begin talking about something so personal as belief in God then it's challenging and we don't actually have strong belief that that the Lord is going to convert them through that conversation. We recognize that there needs to be more trust and there needs to be more of a relationship there. So we typically would build a relationship with someone first, or we talk about Jesus with people we already know and we already have that relationship with. So the question then is, how do we talk about Jesus? And when do we talk about Jesus? And uh, I think we just turn to scripture because scripture gives us an example for this. Jesus, of course, we, we can look to him and see how, how did he talk about himself and then how did his followers talk about him? So we know that Jesus did two things and St. Paul actually did the same two things because Paul learned from Jesus what to do and did it perfectly. He spoke to crowds. He spoke to large groups. That's something like the Sermon on the Mount. That's when he was uh, speaking in synagogues. It's when large groups were gathering the, um, the feeding of the, the many with the multiplication of the, of the loaves and fishes. And then he developed real relationships with people. And when there was a sense of trust, he called them deeper. He called them to more. So I think we do the same thing. So our bread and butter, in most cases, unless we have access to these places where people just naturally congregate, looking for conversation and looking to talk more. Our bread and butter is going to be building relationships with people. And... I'd like to challenge you and me at the same time. Is there space in your life for meeting new people and making friends with people who aren't already in your circle? And I say that, I want to put that out there as a challenge, because if we're not living that way, then are we really interested in, in living Christianity as Jesus has called us to, or as we see it in the gospel? And not that we we have to move around all the time, and not that we can't maintain friendships with a close group of people who support us in our faith and, and are important to us, but why would we not want to introduce new people to Jesus? And we can only do that if we meet new people, like if everybody in our circle is already Catholic or everybody has already heard about Jesus and said, no, not for me, then the only way we can share the gospel with people is if we go out and meet new people. And I think this is challenging for our American way of life because we like our, I I think I want to say we like our privacy and we know that other people like their privacy. And so we don't like the idea of, um, especially as adults, taking the steps, like being, investing the time with people, opening our homes to them or going out to them and and participating in the cultures where, where they're already active because we just like comfort. We like the, the comfort of our habits, of our routines, of our groups already. And uh, one easy way to get around this would be, think of some of those hobbies you've been interested in picking up and go after those. So uh, maybe you've been interested in watercolor. And there's a watercolor class you could go to. That's going to give you an opportunity to be around people you have never been around. And if the opportunity presents itself, to love your neighbor. And when I say that, I mean not to, like, we don't start friendships with people for uh, hidden motives to say, okay, well, I really only want to befriend you so I can talk to you about Jesus. No, we genuinely love people. We just love our neighbor. And it's in loving our neighbor that we we have natural opportunities, spontaneous opportunities to talk about Jesus. So if we have not made new friends recently, if we haven't developed or nurtured new friendships recently, I think that's holding us back from fulfilling the last command of Jesus to go out there and tell people about him. And that's probably a, a part of American culture that frankly needs to be evangelized better. It just needs to to change because otherwise the church is not going to grow. People aren't going to hear about Jesus. So that's a that might be an uncomfortable one, but that never bothered Jesus from from saying the things that he thought were important. So I sh- I shouldn't let it bother me either. Now, that's I said the the normal way of sharing the gospel is going through friendship, building trust first waiting till people are curious, waiting until they're open, and then helping them recognizing that Jesus is who they want to be in a relationship with. Now, we also saw that St. Paul and Jesus did the other example, and that's talk to large groups and talk to strangers. So how do we do that? Before I, I give some examples or some suggestions of how that would work, I do want to say, don't expect to yield great fruit. When Jesus spoke about the bread of life, A lot of people left him that doesn't mean it's not sad but that's reality a lot of people left him and it could be that when we share because we're not as good as Jesus all the people are going to leave and they're not going to care they're not going to be into it so be prepared and that's okay if we if, if people are not they're not ready um because we're just doing what Jesus asked us um and know that really what's going to happen is you're going to go into those those big arenas and you're going to pique the interest of one or two people and that's and that's going to give you an opportunity to go deeper and to have a, a real relationship with people. But what are those? What are those big gatherings? What are those arenas? Well, the simplest one is online. And I don't immediately want to recommend something like Facebook or something like. Uh, Twitter, because that just kind of, I think, tends towards arguments. So I think it's something where, something that's a little bit more intended for long form or longer discourse, where people can watch, they can sit, they can think about what you said, uh, and they have to really like almost consume the whole thing before they respond. So YouTube or uh, anything that allows you to, to post video, whether that's live or recorded, so that could be Facebook, it could be Instagram, I think YouTube is probably the best one for that, maybe even Twitch, Uh, would give you an opportunity to just put your voice out there, and then allow people to wrestle with it and think about it, and then respond to you. And I have had success, and I success, I mean, like, I have attracted people into more in-depth conversations with me. I have had success doing that on some of the social media platforms, Uh, and the, I think the, the best example we have is when St. Paul went to Athens. He went somewhere where people were used to conversation. So uh, this was the, a big marketplace and it was just par for the course for people to talk about new ideas, interesting things. And he took advantage of that. So what are... Actually, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. So from that conversation, people ridiculed him. A big surprise. It's exactly what they would do to us in most of these public spheres. But there were some people who were interested in and had an ongoing relationship with him. And that led to conversions. And so we can have the same hope that when we go into these big arenas, that will lead to conversions as well. So what are some of the areas like this today? Well, in-person, which I know everybody would probably love to do more than online, or at least I would. Um, I could think of something like an open mic night at a coffee house, or if you can find something like that, where people will, uh, they'll open the floor to discussion, they'll pose ideas and uh, something that's coming to mind I, I remember my wife and i went to a, a tea house and we did not intend to go to an open mic poetry night that's just what we found ourselves in and this was an opportunity for real conversation with about 20 people we'd never met before and uh, we ended up leaving because we had other plans but that could have been an opportunity just for us to offer from a catholic perspective our take on things and that would be a great option another one would be of course uh in person if this fits with your your company culture and you're not going to get in trouble for it um something like the lunchroom and when i say not get in trouble i don't mean that you're like you shy away from from preaching the gospel but preaching the gospel should not detract from your vocation of taking care of your children like find other ways to do that outside of the lunchroom Uh, but if there's if there's an opportunity maybe you guys go out to lunch or something and it comes up as a topic and you can share something there in a non-obtrusive way i mean don't talk for 15 minutes when when 15 seconds will do and then of course all sorts of things online so you could go on on reddit you could go to any number of different forums and discussion boards there are millions of them out there and yeah i mean millions there's every topic under the sun has a discussion board and those discussion boards will frequently have a a section that's just general. I think they're usually called GAT, G-A-T, General Anything Topics, and uh, that works. People will get interested, and that could be an opportunity to develop a deeper relationship. And then, of course, you have all your your traditional social media platforms where there might be uh, pages or groups or large discussions that you can enter into and offer something thoughtful. And something that is authentically witnessing to the gospel of Jesus. So keep that in mind also. When we preach, when we witness, we're not talking about politics. We're not talking about our opinion. We're not talking about our view. We're talking about Jesus Christ and how he came to right our wrongs, to fix the effect of sin so that we could be reunited with the Father and receive and experience his love and then go share that with other people. That's the gospel. There's all sorts of other things that are interesting to us, but we have to make sure that we don't mingle and mix our interests with the gospel because it could be that something we're interested in that is not part of the faith could be a turnoff to somebody. And we need to be willing to subordinate the things that are are really important to us if that's going to hinder somebody else from following Jesus. So I think of that passage from St. Paul when he spoke about how he could even eat meat that was sacrificed to idols. Imagine that if you had neighbors who were actual pagans and believed in in pagan deities and they sacrificed a goat to those deities and then they offered you a piece of that meat. How would you be comfortable eating that? And then Paul goes on to say, but if me eating that meat causes somebody else to sin, then I'm not going to do it because that is their faith Their love of God is more important than me enjoying that meat. Not a big deal. And I think we should take a similar approach to evangelization and sharing the gospel. We might approach somebody who has different political beliefs than we do. And we might think, well, wow, I really need to get them to to accept this pro-life position. Or I really need to get them to understand the church's teaching on contraception. Remember, we have the grace of the Holy Spirit to allow us to live the moral life. And they might not yet have that. And they might think it's impossible. And for them to do that without God's grace, it is impossible. So the goal is not to get them to see the moral veracity of our position, even though that's a good thing. The goal is to get them to accept Jesus Christ and to eventually become Catholic. And then the grace to live in perfect charity, perfect goodness will come after that. So a little recap here. Should we just walk up to strangers and and start talking to people about Jesus? Probably not at the gas station because people are there for like four minutes. But if you have an opportunity to talk to a larger group of people who are expecting conversation, then yeah, that might work. Uh, But a much better way, and and this is going to flow from those larger conversations, is to develop your relationships with people and to make space in our lives for those relationships so that one-on-one approach especially if you don't have great people skills that be that might be a little bit like using a sledgehammer when you should use a scalpel so again let's not forget the thresholds of discipleship those are first people need to trust and then they will be curious and then they will be open and then they'll start to seek and then they'll become a disciple so as long as we respect that process for people then we have uh, a greater chance of sharing the goodness of God with them and of them falling in love with the same Jesus that we know and love. So thanks so much for listening. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, I highly recommend you do so. And if you are looking for a great book to get you started in evangelization, then I would also recommend the book that Justin and I wrote, Go Make Disciples by Justin Reyes and Dan Boyd. That's Justin, R-E-Y-E-S, Reyes and Dan Boyd, B-O-Y-D. And that is available on Amazon for summer. It is on sale for $9.99. So go over there and take a look. So thanks so much. God bless you all and have a wonderful week wherever and whenever you are.